morning. Glad you're here. I, what's the speak to the mountain song, man, at the end? Can we do that? Maybe if I don't preach for two hours, we might do that. Now we're uh, we're glad you're here today. We're in uh, week six of this series that we're calling the Forgotten God. And over the past several weeks, we've been talking about the role that the Holy Spirit wants to play in our lives. And uh, so far, we've talked about how uh, some of the roles of the Holy Spirit are that he, he teaches us. That's one of the roles of the Holy Spirit. We've talked about how he empowers us. Uh, we've talked about how he reminds us. Jesus said he would do this, that he'll remind us of all the things that Jesus has said. We talked about how uh, he'll bring to memory a passage of scripture that we've read and we've stored it in our hearts, maybe not even knowing that it was stored there, but he'll bring a passage of memory or scripture to our memory at just the right time. I know many of you have experienced that. A couple weeks ago, we talked about how the Holy Spirit is a baptizer, that uh, he, he baptizes us into the body of Christ when we're saved, and he's present in water baptism when we're cleaned and transformed, and he, he, talks, or he wants to uh, baptize us in him, to be immersed in him when we're baptized in the Spirit. And then last week, we talked about how the Holy Spirit draws us closer to Jesus, that what he really wants to do, he's always pointing us to Jesus. And we talked about how the Holy Spirit, it's his job to speak to us, that he really does want to talk to us, that if we'll listen, he is speaking to us, and, and he'll, he'll do that. He'll, he'll help us recognize his voice. He'll speak to us through his word. He'll speak through other people. He'll speak through our circumstances, and we can actually hear the voice of God through the Holy Spirit. And, and uh, so we've covered, we've covered a lot so far. If you've missed any of that, as always, we encourage you, you can go to our website or wherever you get your podcast and you can uh, catch any of that and we encourage you to do that. But this morning, I want to talk to you about what I think is one of the primary roles of the Holy Spirit. And that is that the Holy Spirit was sent to lead us. He's a leader. Uh, but before we get into all that, just real quick, I want to share something that is coming up here in a couple weeks that is super, super important. Uh, just two weeks from today, if you're new to the church over this past year, which I know many of you are, or if you've been around for a while and you've yet to take that step of uh, membership and joining the church, we have a, a brand new class that uh, we'd love to have you attend here in a couple weeks that we're calling Connecting You. The staff has been working really hard for the past several months putting this together. And the purpose of this class, Connecting You, is to do exactly what the name says. It's to help connect you deeper into the life of the church. And uh, it's actually going to be two sessions, two consecutive Sundays, and, and it'll be held right during the worship hour. And so you don't have to worry about uh, a baby sitter or scheduling another time or anything like that. We got you. It's going to be right here during this time. And so we'll have you come in for the worship time. You won't have to miss out on the worship team in that time. And then we'll dismiss you. And uh, we'll, we'll have, be holding this in room 101. But in session one, you're going to hear about the mission and the vision of Connecting Point Church, who we are, where we're headed, who God is calling us to be. And then the following week, on, uh, which will be April 2nd, 
We're going to give you an assessment. We'll actually send this home with you, and you can work on it in, in the weekend between time. But it'll help you know, if you haven't already discovered, how God has shaped you. We believe that God has uniquely shaped each and every one of us with unique uh, spiritual gifts and passions and abilities and experiences and talents. And so it'll help you discover that. And then we'll spend some time kind of talking through that. And hopefully you'll discover some ways that God might want to use you in furthering his kingdom and even use you here at Connecting Point Church, all right? So that's an awesome thing. It'll be uh, Connecting You, session one. Sunday, March 22nd, session two, Sunday, April 22nd, and you can go to the central hub, you can click on the tab that says connecting you, and uh, you can register there. And, and if you need help, Pastor Brad is super helpful. He'd love to have you meet him out uh, at the next steps table in front of the You Belong Here wall, and he'll help you get signed up for that, all right? So that's my commercial for this morning. If you got your Bibles, uh, I want to invite you to open them up to John chapter 16, John chapter 16. If you remember from a couple of weeks ago, we talked about how uh, John chapters 13 through 17, um, how, how Jesus, he's with his disciples, they're in Jerusalem, and, and Jesus knows that in just a few short hours, he's going to be arrested, he's going to be falsely convicted, and he's going to be crucified. And so Jesus knows this is like the last time he'll have all of his disciples together in this setting before he's crucified. And so he takes the opportunity to give them some very important last instructions. I want you to look at what he says in John chapter 16. We're going to jump in at verse 5. It'll also be up on the screens. But these are the words of Jesus. He says, but now I go away to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? Verse 6, he tells us why none of them ask. He says, because I've said these things to you, and sorrow has filled your heart. You, you're sad because I'm telling you, hey, I'm going to be leaving you. And so he says, uh, sorrow has filled your heart. Verse 7, nonetheless, I tell you the truth. We, we, we focused on this verse several times over the past several weeks, but Jesus says, it is to your advantage that I go away. Man, you talk about what a, what a remarkable statement this is. That here's Jesus after three years of being together with these people, these, these followers of his, three years of 24-7 following him, learning from him, that they, they've seen God in the flesh do all these incredible, miraculous things. And now imagine that Jesus is saying it's going to be better for you, better than what you've just experienced for the last three years. It's going to be better for you that I leave. To me, that statement alone, it's just mind-boggling. How could Jesus say that? Of course, we know because he goes on. He says, for if I do not go away, then the helper cannot come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Skip down to verse 12. He says, I, I still have many things to say to you, which we know that he'll, after he's arisen from the dead, he meets with the disciples and he teaches them more things. So he's, he's foreshadowing that. He's helping them to know, I've still got a lot of stuff to, to tell you, but you cannot bear them now. However, Jesus says, 
When he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. This morning, I want to focus on that one simple but profound statement of Jesus that he makes here. He says that when the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide you. Uh, Other translations say he will lead you. You see, I'm convinced that one of the primary roles that the Holy Spirit has is it is to, to lead us. In fact, everything that we've talked about so far and everything we're going to talk about in the weeks to come in regards to the Holy Spirit will only happen if we allow the Holy Spirit to lead us. So Sometimes I, I think we make, we make this whole idea of being a Christian way more complicated than it needs to be. In fact, if I were to boil the whole thing down to its simplest form... I think that we could say that being a Christian is simply about learning how to follow. That's really all being a Christian is. In fact, if you read through the Gospels over and over again, you'll see that this is the invitation that Jesus gives to people all the time. It's always he would say to them, hey, come and what? Follow me. That was the invitation. Come learn from me. Come live like I live. That was the invitation. There was never this moment, if you read through Scripture, where there, Jesus was like, okay, um, come down to this altar and pray. There, there was never a moment of bow your head, close your eyes, and raise your hand if you want to accept me into your heart, and, 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 then, and, and then go ahead and leave, and good luck. The invitation of Jesus was simply leave behind everything else, and come follow me. Not, not just at church on Sundays, but follow me. follow me. Follow me in your job. Follow me in your marriage. Follow me in how you entertain yourself. Follow me in how you spend your money and manage your money. Follow me in how you talk to your kids. Follow me in how you talk to your friends. Follow me in how you talk to people you don't like. Follow me. That's what Jesus said. And then he said, go and make disciples. Now, that that word disciple is simply a a word that simply means one who follows. We follow a, a certain teaching or follow a certain teacher. And so when Jesus left, and we talked about this last week, he ascended into heaven. Now he is sitting at the right hand of the Father, but he sent the Holy Spirit to take his place. That's what he said. I'm going to send one who is like me, who will not just be with you, he'll be in you. So he sent the Holy Spirit to take his place. Sometimes the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of Christ. And and it is now the Holy Spirit's job to lead us. It's the Holy Spirit that we follow. And in fact, I want you to look at what Paul says in Romans chapter 8. He he says this in verse 14. He says, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. In other words, what, what it really means to be a child of God is simply to allow ourselves to be led by the Spirit. So, so the big question this morning is, how does the Holy Spirit lead us? Well, real quick, I want to give you five examples 
of how the Holy Spirit leads us. The first one we're not going to spend a lot of time on because we actually talked in depth about it last week, but the first way the Holy Spirit leads us is simply by speaking to us. He leads us by talking to us, giving us instruction. I, I, I shared last week how the Holy Spirit has a voice, and he actually wants to talk to us. This is one of the ways that he leads by, you know, he'll do things like he'll actually tell us, do this. Or he'll say, you know, stay away from that. Don't, don't do that. And, and again, when we talk about the Holy Spirit and have a voice, I've never heard an audible voice. Maybe you have. But, but it, it's more of a prompting. It's that inner voice. And so he'll, he'll, he'll do things like sometimes, you know, in the midst of a conversation, he'll say, say this. Or other times he'll say, don't you say that. I know you're thinking about it. Don't you say it. He'll say, you need to be quiet. That there are times where the Holy Spirit will reveal something to us that we, there's, there's no way we could know it otherwise. That this is one of the ways the Holy Spirit leads us by speaking. He, he does it by speaking to us. The, the second way the Holy Spirit leads is he leads us in prayer. This is This is awesome. I mentioned this a few weeks ago, but the truth is, none of us can even pray without the help of the Holy Spirit. You know that? You can't even pray without the help of the Holy Spirit. Again, Paul says in Romans chapter 8, verse 26, he says that the Spirit helps us in our weakness. How does he help us? Because we don't even know what to pray for. Listen, the only way that you and I could ever even know what to pray for is if the Holy Spirit helps us. He'll lead us in prayer. How does he do that? Well, sometimes he'll like lay something or someone really heavy on your heart. Or he'll plant a thought in your mind. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will bring somebody to mind and you'll just have this burden for them and you may not even know why. You just know your heart is heavy for, for them. Listen, this is a really good practice that Whenever that happens, whenever the Holy Spirit just, you know, when some, somebody just randomly pops up in your mind, even if you don't know why, a good practice is just stop and pray for them. Just, just say a, a quick prayer. Holy Spirit, I don't know why you brought them to mind. You do, but I lift them up to you right now. You know what they're experiencing, what they're going through right now. I just pray that you'd be with them and take care of them. Just say a quick prayer. The other day, um, I had this happen. I was going through my day, and all of a sudden, there was a specific individual who popped into my mind. And I was working, and I kind of kept working, and I couldn't, they just stayed heavy on my mind. And so I just stopped what I was doing. I said a very quick prayer for them. And, and then, and this is another good practice, is I just sent a quick text that said, hey, I was just thinking about you today. The Holy Spirit brought you to mind. I want you to know that I'm praying for you. Can I, can I tell you how many times you know, I've done that and I've heard back from the individual saying something like, man, thank you so much. You don't know how much I needed that today. I, I'm dealing with X, Y, Z today and I really appreciate the fact that you prayed for me. I can't tell you how many times, I've, I can't tell you how many times I've been on the other end of that. Where, where maybe one of you will shoot me a text or an email and just say, hey, pastor, you've been on my heart today and I wanted to let you know I'm praying for you. Can I just tell you, you have no idea what an encouragement that is to me. It's like God saying, I see you. I see. Someone once said that 
When God lays you on somebody else's heart to pray for you, it's like kisses from his mouth. It's just like it's an expression of, of love for him. It's him saying, I see you. I see what you're going through. I love you, and I want you to know I've got this. Paul goes on, and he says, we don't, we don't know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. In other words, not only does the Holy Spirit show us what to pray, the Holy Spirit actually prays for us. That's like a way better concept than some of you are looking like it is right now. <laughs> think, think about this. What you are not capable of praying for yourself, but what I'm not capable of praying for myself, the Holy Spirit is actually praying for you. He's praying for me. He's praying on our behalf right now. What, a, what an incredible thought. That, I mean, that's like, that's like having the teacher take the test for you. It's like having Steph Curry shoot your free throws for you. I mean, I mean it's, it's this incredible thing that every time you pray, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you've surrendered your life to Jesus, if you've invited the Holy Spirit to rule and to reign in your life, every time you pray, the Holy Spirit is not just right beside you. He's in you, showing you how to pray, but he's also praying for you. How awesome is that? Yeah. Yeah. The Holy Spirit by lead, or leads us by helping us when we pray. The, the third way the Holy Spirit leads us is he will reveal truth to us. He's a truth revealer. This is what Jesus said. Let's go back and look at John 16, 13 again. This, this is what Jesus says, talking about the Holy Spirit. He says, when the Spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. And this is awesome he says he's not going to speak on his own, but he'll tell you what he's heard. Heard from who? From Jesus. Heard from the Father. He says he'll tell you. Oh, this is cool. He'll tell you about the future. The Holy Spirit, he'll guide you into all truth. Another way of saying the same thing is that, that sometimes you'll hear us talk about, and the Bible refers to having spiritual eyes or spiritual vision. In other words, one of the roles of the Holy Spirit, one of the ways he leads us and he guides us and into all truth and he gives us the wisdom of God is that he will actually help us see what we can't see. He does that. There's a great example of this. In, in, it's found in 2 Kings chapter 6. Some of you are familiar with this story, but the prophet Elisha and his servant are surrounded by an enemy army. And, and the servant looks out and he sees this vast army that is surrounding them and he begins to do what most of us would do in that situation. He just starts to freak out. He's like, Elisha, what are we gonna do? We're gonna get destroyed and we, we gotta do something. There's no way out of this. We're surrounded and he's freaking out and, and Elisha's like super chill. Jacoy, did you catch that? I said fire earlier, and I said chill, like right now. So like, I'm one of the young guys, man. But, the, but this is, he's like super chill. And, 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 and he's, he, Elisha is like, hey, don't worry, you know, because there's more of us 
than there are of them. There's more with us than are with them. And the servant looks at Elisha and he's like, dude, I don't know who taught you to count. But I'm like, one, two. And I'm like, hundred, 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 thousands all around us. And, and, and Elijah, what he does is he prays that God would do something very incredible. He prays that God would open the eyes of his servant and help him see, not just with natural eyes, but help him see with supernatural eyes. And all of a sudden, the servant looks up and he sees that this army that is surrounding them is actually surrounded themselves by an angel army on chariots of fire. And Elijah starts singing, it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. <laughs> it may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Man, some of you need to hear that today. You're in a circumstance that's overwhelming. Something that seems insurmountable and you've been overwhelmed and overcome and and what God wants to do this morning is he just wants to open your eyes. He wants to give you a supernatural vision, a spiritual vision to be able to see what he sees. He wants to help you see that no matter how big your circumstances are, he's bigger. No matter how great they appear, he's greater. And he's got to. He cares for you. I've said this before, but, but you know what? You already know what you know. You already know. Everything that you know, you already know it. I already know everything that I know. And oftentimes what we really need whenever we face situations in life is we need not to know what we know. We need to know what God knows. Guess what? The Holy Spirit knows everything you don't know. He knows everything that you don't know. He sees what you don't see. And how foolish would it be for us to, to not allow the one who sees what we don't see and knows what we don't know to not lead us? I was thinking about that this week, this idea of the Holy Spirit sees what we don't see. And I thought back to when I was in fourth grade. I got my first pair of glasses. I've worn glasses since I was in the fourth grade and, and up to that point when I got my glasses, I had no idea how poorly I could see because it was all I knew. I mean, all I knew was the vision I had with my natural eyes. That was my only frame of reference. It was my only experience is vision through flawed eyes. And oh man, though, when I got my glasses, it was like my world changed it was like, you know, all, all of a sudden the, the grass was greener and the, the sky was bluer and the girls I thought were ugly were actually pretty and the girls that I thought were pretty were actually pretty ugly. And, and the, the point is that before I got help with my vision, I thought I could see well. I didn't know how poorly I could see when the truth was I couldn't hardly see at all, man. I take my glasses off now and you're like, like fuzzy, I don't even know what you are. But man, I put my glasses on, and oh man, you guys are pretty good looking people. Not everybody, but I'm not pointing at who. 
See, that's, that's, that's the way it is spiritually. When we, we look at things with our limited physical vision, when we do that, we don't see things clearly. And so the decisions that we make, they'll only be based on what we can see in the physical. For, for instance, when we, we look at things like you know, a career path or, or a job opportunity, physical vision says, okay, make your decisions based on the things you can see. Make, make, make them based on the physical. And so, okay, so I base my decision on things like, you know, is it going to pay me more money? I make it uh, on things like, you know, is it going to further my career? I make it on things like, you know, is it a vertical move for me? Is it, uh, it going to make me more comfortable? Is it going to increase my profile? Is it going to give me more authority and power and prestige? Will it set me up for retirement better? I mean, those are the things, and, and they're all valid things. But as Christ followers, they're not the only thing. I mean, that's only part of the equation for us because there's also a spiritual component. In fact, I, I asked Samantha Wilson's permission to share this, but several weeks ago, she had reached out and contacted Laura and I and said, hey, would you pray for me because I've, I've had this um, job opportunity that's been presented, and I'm really praying. I want to know what God's will is for my life, which, which that's a good thing to do, to, to ask. The Bible tells us, that we have not because we ask not. So sometimes we don't get answers, and the reasons why is we didn't ask for answers. And so that's a good thing to do. She said, I'm praying and I'm asking, God, what is your will? And in that process, one of the things that I challenged Samantha with was to pray beyond, you know, what is the best opportunity for me, but to pray, God, where can you use me the most? God, where can I have the most impact for your kingdom? Now, a lot of times people will come as a pastor, people will come to me for advice and I'll give them advice and they don't take it. Um, fortunately, Samantha did. And, 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 and so she, she asked that question and God began to speak to her. In fact, rather than me sharing it, Sam, come up here with me. I want you to just kind of share what God spoke to your heart and how he worked in the process of all that, Okay. Notes and everything? That's awesome. Okay, so I was joking with Doug and I said, okay, if you're preaching on the Holy
Thank you. Thank you, Samantha. Yeah. It reminds me, you know, uh, Carly and Brad have shared this before when they were praying about there was a couple of opportunities that they had after they graduated from college, and we were one of them, and praying about, you know, we really want to know your will. Where is it that you want to lead us? And if I have the story right, Carly, Carly had prayed. I mean, Brad had kind of settled on it. God had spoke some things to him, and Carly was still questioning and said, I need somebody to text me. And was it something specific that even? Yeah, and, and, and she got a text back from, you know, either, she said either there or here, so I know, and she got a text back from here with that very saying. I mean, that, the Holy Spirit will work in that way, is he'll help us know. Now, I shared this with Samantha, and I'm going to share this with you. When it comes to the will of God, oftentimes, we want it to be a specific thing, and, and, and sometimes it is, oftentimes it is, but there are oftentimes where God is like this, he was like, Okay, so all of these things here are within my will. Pick one. What do you want to pick? I mean, God, God gives us the opportunity to choose. He says, you know, this is within my will. This is within my will. This is within my will. So just pick one. And they're all within my will. They're all okay. And there are other times there'll be a specific thing that he will speak to us and lead us. But here's the deal. If we don't listen, if we don't ask, if we don't seek him, and I'm going to say this. That if God has Samantha here and the other looked like a better opportunity or a greater opportunity, I'm telling you in the long run, this one's going to be the better opportunity. Because here's a promise from the word of God. Seek first his kingdom and all of these other things will be added unto you. See, our problem is a lot of times we seek first all the other things and we fall so far short. A lot of times we have this vision. Man, I'm going off track here. But that's all right. But, but we have this vision that the Holy Spirit, God's will for us is, oh, man, it's always going to make me miserable. Like, this is the good thing that I want. And it's like this. And, and God, nope, he wants me to have this. This is his will. No. We think that this is the good thing that we want. See, what Scripture tells us about God is he is the God of immeasurably more than anything we can think of or imagine. So go ahead and dream your best dreams, think your best thoughts, make your best plans. They still fall short compared to the plans that God has for you. Because what he said is, the plans that he has for us are not to harm us, they're to prosper us. They're to give us a hope and a future. And when we don't follow his leading and his prompting, what we think is going to lead to life, this is, this is how the enemy tricks us. This is why it's called temptation. It's called bait. It's he's going to throw something in front of us that looks attractive and get us to chase it. Man, you fishermen know about bait, right? We're going to throw it out and see if it's attractive. But man, when they get it, they get hooked. And many of us have experienced this in our lives. And we suffer the consequences for it. Man, the Holy Spirit, he loves us so much. He wants us to help avoid the consequences that are sometimes brought upon us. The Holy Spirit will speak to us. 
He'll speak directly to us. He'll, he'll, he'll speak to us through his voice. He'll lead us through prayer. He'll lead us by revealing truth or spiritual vision. The fourth way the Holy Spirit leads is the Holy Spirit leads by revealing God's wisdom. This is part of the truth, part of revealing the truth. How, how does he do that? I want to give you a couple of ways. First of all, I want you to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're going to look at uh, verses 6 through 16, roughly. And this is the Apostle Paul. He's writing to the church in Corinth. And he begins this chapter by saying, you know, when I first came to you, I had to keep my message very basic, very simple, very plain, because it was new. You didn't have any spiritual wisdom. And so I couldn't speak above your heads. And so I had to keep it very plain. But he says, one of the things that's supposed to happen when we walk in relationship with Christ is as we grow in that relationship and as we mature, one of the ways that we're supposed to mature is in wisdom. We ought to learn some stuff. In other words, as we grow in wisdom, we ought to begin to think differently about things than we used to think. We, we ought to see people different than the way we used to see people. We ought to see ourselves in relationship to God differently than we once did. We ought to see him differently than we once did. And God, through the Holy Spirit, over time, will help us and do that because the Holy Spirit is revealing wisdom to us. And so I want you to watch what Paul says in verse 6. He says, now... I had to talk to you like this before because I had to be very plain because you didn't have a lot of wisdom. But he says, when I'm among mature believers, I, don't, I do speak with words of wisdom. But not the kind of wisdom that belongs to this world or the rulers of this world who are soon forgotten. No, he says, the wisdom that we speak of is, is the mystery of of God, his plan that was previously hidden, even though he made it for our ultimate glory before the world began. And he says, the rulers of the world, they, they don't understand it. They haven't understood it. If they had, they wouldn't have crucified our glorious Lord. This is what the scriptures mean, Paul says, when they say that no eye has heard, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. Verse 10 he says, but it was to us that God revealed these things by his spirit. What things? The things that no eye have seen. The things that no ear has, has heard in the natural because they're supernatural. They, they come to us not from the wisdom of man, but from the wisdom of God. Now I want you to watch this. He goes on and he says, for his spirit searches out everything and shows us God's deep secrets. No one can know a person's thought except that person's own spirit. And so no one can know God's thoughts except God's own spirit. And then, and this is the good news, is we have received, Paul said, God's spirit. Not the world's spirit. So now we can know the wonderful things that God has freely given to us. We know his spirit. The spirit knows the mind of God. Verse 13, he says, when we tell you these things, we don't even use words that come from worldly wisdom or human wisdom. Instead, he says, we speak words given to us by the Spirit, using the Spirit's words to explain spiritual truth. But people who aren't spiritual can't receive these truths from God's Spirit. 
It all, he says, it all sounds foolish to them and they can't understand it. In other words, to base a job decision on anything other than how it might benefit me to those who are not spiritual sounds ridiculous. It sounds foolish. He says, for those, only those who are spiritual can understand what the Spirit means. Those who are spiritual can evaluate all things, but they themselves cannot be evaluated by others. For who can know the Lord's thoughts? Who knows enough to teach him? I love this. He says, us. We understand these things. Why? For we have the mind of Christ. Listen, one of the whole things the Holy Spirit does in us, and this is part of his sanctifying work. We're going to talk more in depth about this next week, how the Holy Spirit is a sanctifier. But part of that sanctifying work that the Holy Spirit does in us is he actually gives us the mind of Christ. In, in other words, we have access through the Spirit to the wisdom of Christ because we have the mind of Christ. Now, our challenge is that we still have our own mind too. Uh, that, that's the challenge. This is where, you know, so whenever there's a, a conflict in thought, which still happens frequently, you, you know, the challenge for us is who are we going to respond to? When I have this thought and the Spirit is telling me this, when I see this with my natural eyes, but the Holy Spirit's trying to help me see with my supernatural eyes. Who are we going to respond to, the mind of Christ or our own mind? And really, when this boils down, it's an issue of trust. And we have to learn not to walk by faith, as, or by sight, as the Scripture says, but to walk by faith. Trusting that the Holy Spirit knows what we don't know. Real quick, the second way that the Holy Spirit reveals the wisdom of God to us is through His Word. Now, have you noticed how many times already in this series we go back to how the Holy Spirit works through the Word of God? I mean, it's like, it's like every, every week we've talked about the work of the Holy Spirit in the believer's life as we engage with Him through His Word. Listen, what we need to understand is that God's Word is full of wisdom, Wisdom, how to live a life that's pleasing to God. Wisdom, how to stay away from sin so we don't suffer the consequences of sin. Wisdom, how to relate to other people. It's full of wisdom, but the only way we can tap into that wisdom is when we take time to engage with it. When we actually open it up and we spend time in the world of God, Word of God. I'm telling you, this happens to me all the time. I need a lot of wisdom. I'm somebody who I, I just need wisdom. And even this last week as I was doing our, our soaped devotional, I don't know how many of you did those this last week. And if you didn't, yeah, I see some hands. If you didn't get one, there's one out on, for you out on the uh, you belong here wall table, next steps table out there. You can pick it up. But man, I was reading through that. I was doing my soaped. There's instructions in there. I'll tell you how to do it. But almost every single morning that I did it, the Holy Spirit dropped some nugget of wisdom into my heart that directly applied to my life in that moment he'll do that we gain wisdom through the word of God last one the Holy Spirit leads us by convicting us and then protecting us from sin it's one of the ways that the Holy Spirit leads us 
First of all, he'll convict us of sin. John 16, 8, when the Spirit comes, we've read this before, he will convict the world of its sin. You see, one of, the, one of the jobs of the Holy Spirit is he wants to keep us in relationship to the Father. He's always pointing to the Father. He's always pointing to the Son. And the reality is that unconfessed, undealt with sin separates us from the Father. Again, we're going to talk more about this next week, but one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is, is you know, if we make a mistake and we, we fall and we commit a sin, because he loves us so much, the Holy Spirit will bring it to our awareness so, so we can confess it. Not to, he won't bring it to our awareness to say, see, you idiot, you dumb person, you're not good enough. No, he brings it to our awareness so we confess it, we can repent of it, and we can maintain our relationship with God. There are times where the Holy Spirit will speak to us. And he'll say, you know, that attitude that you had. Man, I've had this happen a lot. Is that attitude that you had was a little harsh. That thing you said was a little hurtful. And in that moment, we have a choice. Do we confess it? Do we come into agreement with it? Which really is all that that confession means is, yep, you're right, I did that. We come into agreement with it. Do we repent of it and say, you know what, you're right. I was harsh and, 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 and I, what I said was hurtful. I was wrong for that. I'm sorry for that. Would you forgive me? And the Holy Spirit always does. And we just pick up and we move on. Now, now he may want us to repent not only to him, but he may say, you know what, who you've really sinned against is you spoke that to this person and you need to tell them you're sorry. And again, we have a choice. Are we going to follow the Holy Spirit's leading? Or are we going to resist that? Are we going to dig our heels in and not listen or not agree, not confess, not repent, and allow that sin to take root in our lives? Holy Spirit doesn't want that. He wants us to keep moving forward. And so the conviction of the Holy Spirit, we need to understand this, it is a very loving thing. It, it, I think I need to say that again. Some of you guys didn't get that. The conviction of the Holy Spirit is a very loving thing. It's not a condemning thing. He didn't come to condemn us. He came to convict us and change us. He came to help. He's our helper. And so it's a, it's a very, very loving thing. And, and he wants to keep us moving forward. He knows that sin hurts us, it wounds us, it destroys us, and ultimately leads to death, and he wants us to have life. And so sometimes he'll convict us, he'll combat the sin in our lives. We have to cooperate with that. The Holy Spirit will also do everything within his power to protect us from sin. I want you to look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. Again, this is the Apostle Paul writing, and he says, the temptations in your life are no different from what others have experienced. And so if you think you're all alone, if you think that you're the only one that deals with this, you're the only one that has to face it, you're wrong. He says they're no different from what others experience. And God is faithful. He's not gonna allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. And then he goes on and says that when you are tempted, he'll show you a way out so you can endure. Now I want you to notice that God says the Holy Spirit is going to do two things for us. Number one, he's not going to allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. In other words, he's always going to provide you the strength that you need to overcome it. 
But you're gonna have to lean into him and access that strength. You're gonna have to receive the strength. You're gonna have to cooperate with him to receive that power. He's not gonna force it on you. He's not gonna overcome your will. He's given you the ability to choose. But he'll give you the strength if you want the strength. The second thing it says is he'll show you a way out. He, 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 he'll show you a way out. He won't pick you up against your will and throw you out, but he'll show you a way out. But you have to choose to take it. But listen, the Holy Spirit wants to lead us away from sin. And, and so what that means is like, if you struggle with alcoholism, he ain't gonna lead you to the bar. That ain't the Holy Spirit. Don't hang out in the bar. Don't hang out around alcohol. If you're, if you're, struggle, if you're struggling with, with uh, pornography, he's not going to lead you to jump on the internet at 11 at night when everybody else is in bed and you're all alone in the dark. In fact, what he'll do is he'll prompt you, don't do it. Don't pick up that phone. Don't go to that website. You see, here's the thing about leading. Leading only works when you have somebody who's willing to follow. Leading doesn't work if you're not willing to follow. The Holy Spirit's job is to lead, and he will. We have to be willing to follow. And so, man, if you're not willing to follow, don't you blame God for the predicament you find yourself in. He's not going to lead you into predicament. He's going to lead you out of it. If we have to follow. See, the Holy Spirit loves us, and he wants us to follow him. His invitation is, come on. It's, it hadn't changed. It's come follow me. And it won't change. You fall down, get back up, confess, repent, you don't have to go that direction. You know, repent means you turn and go the opposite direction. No, just come on, get up, follow me. Keep following me, and he'll lead you. And as he leads you, you'll grow, and you'll get stronger, and you'll learn more, and you'll grow in wisdom. And those one things you used to struggle with, you're not going to struggle with as much anymore. And there'll be new battles to fight. There's always going to be battles because the relationship he wants to have with us is one where we lean on him and we're, we're leaning into his leading and we're following him. And it's this incredible love relationship that he wants to have with us where he's going to lead us to places that we will never be able to go to on our own. Man, you think that I could be your pastor on my own? Good, I'm glad some of you know that. No way. Not smart enough, not good enough but thankful to the Holy Spirit that he's led me. Amen? All right, let's stand. Man, would you come? Can we do that? We, we're, we got like, I'm, I'm a little bit early today. Can you believe that? Stand up. Father, we come to you today. We're thankful. We're thankful, Holy Spirit, for your leading. Uh, we, just, we just praise you. We believe that you're the one who wants to, you don't want to leave us alone. You don't save us and set us aside and then say, see you later, hope you make it to heaven someday. No, you live in us, you walk with us, you guide us, you lead us. And I'm one who just says today that I need your leading. And I pray that you would help us to keep our eyes fixed on you. Give us spiritual eyes to see. Lord, help us not to respond just on what we see with our natural, in our natural eyes, we see the mountains. 
In our spiritual eyes, we see the one who says, speak to it in faith, and I'll move it for you. And so I pray you'd help us to live like that today. Let this be a declaration for us of of, of just an acknowledgement of who you are and and how you want to work in our lives. So we pray that you would continue to lead us and guide us in your name.